0: This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X-Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Deep down outdoors and sunline,
1: BTL coming at you.
0: Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Boy, I was looking forward to Monday because we'll get to talk about the uh, the new schedules coming out. The BPT and the MLF Pro Circuit introduces their schedules, and then they had a little derby, little Elite Series derby on uh, Thousand Islands out of Clayton. And it didn't look like it was going to ever, oh, it's kind of a little bit stingy, a little bit tough. And then they looked at the weather that was going on out there, and it's going to blow on day one. And that's going to keep everybody from hitting the 100-pound mark. And then they went out and absolutely assaulted the place. Four bags over 100 pounds. Koya and Taku, Chris and Patrick all got century belts. Patrick Walters blows away the smallmouth 105 pounds for his four-day total, becomes the only angler to have a century belt on both largemouth and smallmouth bass. And unless they have some sort of weird four-day specialty event on a few select fisheries out in California, there's no way he's going to get a spotted bass for a hundred-pound belt. Uh, but it was an absolute slug fest. And we're going to talk to one of the guys who was right in the mix, and I really would like to get his take on what it is like to be part of a once, I don't even want to say once in a lifetime, because every single time the Elite Series goes there, it gets better and better, which you think is impossible, but it does get better. That is none other than uh, Chris Zaldane, who you appear to be in the in the RV. I'm
1: in the RV. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Uh, we're still here. Uh, and I got to ask you, so you live like what, three and a half hours North of me. I live in Dallas, Fort Worth. I got to ask you, what are the temperatures currently in Oklahoma right now? Cause that's going to determine how long we stay in upstate New York.
0: Okay. We had a cold front that came through where we're at and it's in the seventies this morning. I Whoa. mowed my y- lawn really? yesterday evening and it was, uh, it was pleasant. And yeah. this morning when I went out, uh, I'm such an old man. I like to... <laughs> May, I I drink my coffee. I get up. I go out. I check the mail. I yeah. take the garbage can out. And I was like, "Boy, it is it is pleasant out. It is that was actually cool. It was the first <laughs> time since I'd been up north that there was a little bit of a nip in the air."
1: You know, you're getting old when you talk about weather, and here you and I are talking about weather, dude. We are getting old. I think you and I are the same age, but uh, yeah, eighty four or eighty five. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four.
0: August. Yep. I just had a birthday. Oh, Thirty nine.
1: Happy birthday. September eleventh is mine.
0: Oh, that's coming up.
1: Mm hmm yep so yeah you, so we're still up here upstate new york uh we got the, just hanging out yeah just hanging out we got uh bill Loan and and uh, hunter schryocker actually uh two two sites down they're hanging out as well um now whether that's you know doing homework and research for years to come on this place or they're like us where they're just kind of enjoying the weather i mean it was it was legit like chilly this morning so i mean it's nice up here
0: Hey, we can federal- jump. go ahead yeah no, That's what I was going to say. When's your schedule coming yeah. out? Yeah.
1: I mean, Trait's sitting right here next to me, so not only do you have me, but you got uh, Trait. Uh, she refuses uh, to build. be on camera. Yes, she's still in her PJs, so this this camera will stay this way. Uh, and then my dogs are floating around here, too. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, Eric Lopez said uh, in the next week or so, Trey, we're going to have uh, our schedule released. Um, whether 1,000 Islands is on the schedule or not, I, I, I'm not sure, but It doesn't hurt to stick behind and do research on this place because it's so big and you bet your bottom dollar that uh, we will be here sometime in the near future. And if not us, it'll be the Toyotas. If not the Toyotas, it's a BFL. Not BFLs, it's MLF. It's like, this is by far the best smallmouth fishery in the world. Um, And it's just a unique part uh, of the Eastern side of Lake Ontario. It's the last, Bit of flowing water of all the Great Lakes before it like kind of goes into the St. Lawrence River and goes out to the ocean. And for whatever reason, just the current mixed with habitat, with mixed with food, clarity—it's um, just the perfect recipe for—I mean, just epic smallmouth fishing. You saw that with with those four guys weighing over 100 pounds this week, dude. It's getting nutty every single year. The weights go up, you know, due to you know the fishery and due to modern electronics, which. 50-50, half of this campground here this week was absolutely just against it, and half of them are, were embracing it. And basically what you could do, and, and some of the comments that you placed over the last week, basically what you could do is look at a, 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 an Elite Series guy's, how many years he has invested on the Elite Series on the tour, or even how old he is generally, and place him in a group of, do you like Live Scope or not? And then kind of the younger guys, first-year, second, third-year guys, ask them do you like live, live scope yes or no and you could kind
0: of we're right in the middle right now like yeah, we're in a yeah. weird in-between zone yeah. because you're an established pro yep. you've done it the old school way yep. you're also technologically savvy yep. you could adapt like uh, uh, we'll, we'll just dive right into this because yeah. i i got a little bit of hate so i was on yeah and it was rightfully so i could understand where people were coming from i was yep. on and i wasn't going to bring it up but uh, i'll bring it up yeah. So I was on Andrew Upshaw's Open Pros pick 'em when we were from the St. Lawrence uh, we we're talking about the St. Lawrence and I made a comment, something about it's like watching a 50-year-old try to learn live scope. And I'm not gonna lie, I had some 50 year olds that took exception to that. And rightfully yeah. so, if you hear it out of context, what I was what I was what I was trying to kind of say in a joking way that didn't come across very well to some people was I wasn't like insulting 50 year olds. Help, we'll be there before you know it. Sure. Yeah. But what I was saying was what you're seeing is you're seeing a a seismic change in in fish catching methods and techniques and the way people are going about it and the older you are it's human nature the more set in your ways you are yeah so what i think you're seeing and i want you to to confirm or, or talk a little bit about this is the older anglers who are still at the peak of their game they're still at the top of their game you put a, yeah. a flipping stick in matt heron's hand you put a spinning rod in matt heron's hand or anything i want no part of that guy yeah but then you throw that forward-facing sonar, and the more you've done something and had success and fed your family doing it a specific yep. way for decades and decades and decades and refined it, the harder it is to get away from that yes. at the drop of a hat. So the younger guys, it's not that they're smarter. It's not that they understand scope better. It's that they don't have that track record. They yep. don't have the history behind it. So they're malleable, and they're more likely to... To change at a drop of a hat and do things that seem completely irrelevant—that guys have. Uh, 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 do you see where I'm saying with yes, that, Chris? Yes,
1: that's spot on. That's absolutely spot on. So, I, I mean, I'm going on year number thirteen on the tour, and then you know, several years before that, I, I fished out in California. So the the reason why KVD is who he is, the reason why Matt Heron is who he is uh rick Klun, some of the older older seasoned vets tournament bass fishing is all about relying on past success like many times on tour especially over the last few years here it's like oh i remember back on the california delta i remember back on clear lake when i'm slow winding a giant swim bait uphill on a main rocky point let me apply this to table rock let me apply this to lake oneida so we rely on past success. So, you know, as your track record gets better and better and better, <laughs> you become seasoned, you become a seasoned vet, and you can rely on those past experiences. Ten years ago, we, we didn't have forward-facing sonar, so we, you had to rely on your natural talent. You had to rely on map study was a big one. But just, pat, just applying all the, uh, you know, trial, tribulation, and errors – and all those times making those casts and not catching fish across that beautiful slow sloping point with a drop off. Oh, I didn't get a bite on that one. I didn't get a bite on that one. Why am I getting a bite on this one? Now you pull up to these slow sloping points with a drop off and you literally there is a fish on it. There is not a fish on it. Let's go to the next one. So you, it's no longer relying on your past successes. It's really that screen right in front of you tells you right then and there. So, you know, some the one of the guys you just mentioned was at my campground here. Man, he was really smoking forward facing sonar, and I agree. Like I completely agree. Heck, uh, one of the one of the CJs in the top ten. You know, just a couple days ago, we were about to blast off, and I said, "Hey, dude, hey, Corey," uh, I said, "Man, this place is really getting better and better every year," and he goes, "F no," he goes. He goes, it's all, you know, forward-facing sonar. Like, this place is getting absolutely smoked. You know, they've always been this way. They've always been this big. But now guys are catching them on absolute flats with no cover, no structure, no rock piles, no rock veins. And they're just – they're beaming for them. And we're, they're catching six, five and 6 pounder singles. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And, matter of fact, a lot of guys right now – and I don't want to turn this into a forward-facing sonar bash show –
0: No, but you're right in the fire, dude. And it's not a bash at all. I mean, this is something that the industry is dealing with. I I mean, I think you have to have deep discussions about it. You can't say it's bad, contact your agency, ban it. It's ruining fisheries without any facts. And you also can't say it's the savior of fishing without any facts. You have to figure out where it actually is in the landscape.
1: So, Trey brought up a good point yesterday is I would, okay, so Bass, after every tournament, Bass sends us an email approximately a week to two weeks after our tournament says, you know, Hey, congratulations, Patrick Walters. Congratulations, Koya Fujita. Mm-hmm. Uh, great tournament. You won with X amount of pounds. Here's are the viewership numbers. I would love to see, like, I can't, I, I can't get them soon enough. I want to see what the viewership was for this record breaking smallmouth event, century belts galore, 29 pound bag. Um, I wonder what the viewership is. I mean, record breaking weights, But how much tackle was sold? I mean, how much tackle was sold? How well? How many forward-facing units were sold? Sold? Was it entertaining? Is what I want to know. Comment below. Like, was that an entertaining event to watch? I mean, guys, forward-facing, neck down, make that same cast that everyone knows to make, and oh, and then scoops up a six or seven-pound smallmouth. Is that entertaining? I don't know. And then go to the organization. We all need to collectively, as anglers, go to the organization and say, "Hey, look." I mean, what are the fans saying? And ultimately, we just we want to entertain and educate the fans. Um, and if forward-facing sonar is so boring that they're not educated or or entertained, then maybe we need to think about you know getting rid of it. Or even cooler, and I don't know if we're honest enough as anglers. I just came back from Europe uh, 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 a month ago. Nitro you know, bass I was jealous yachts. about those perch. Yeah. I'm, a,
0: I'm addicted, addicted to it's yellow so perch. Awesome. And I know they're like a different subspecies, yes. Yes. but yes. oh my gosh. Oh, it's,
1: awesome. it's just like bass fishing. But the Europeans um, in their tournaments, because forward facing sonar was so effective on their tournaments and boring, uh, they implemented a power hour where yes, you could, have live scope. Yes, you could have mega live. Yes, you could have a active target on your boats, but it's a power hour, a 12 o'clock hour, one o'clock hour, two o'clock hour, whatever it is, they have a power hour where you cannot use forward-facing sonar throughout the day until this power hour and then everyone gets off the bank or off that you know point or rock pot or whatever it is and then they can go scanning around. So that's kind of a cool little thing too, but will Bass do that? Probably not.
0: Are you cool with talking about What you're running on your boat now
1: uh okay so i'm i have a contract i there's been some youtube videos we've been pumping out youtube content that's what i'm saying because
0: you've been on zow i mean i followed the Zal dangerous youtube channel religiously
1: yeah hey look i uh i still have a contract i am very 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 tight with uh with johnson outdoors um, I put some pieces of equipment on my boat that I thought would help me through these last few tournaments. I was open, honest, uh, you know, with them and that's, that's key. Um, and you know, Trey helped me with that as you, you know, on the Bills podcast, you know, yeah. she, she tees up all the hard questions and comments and, and, and topics. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 Hey, my back was against the wall. I, you know, I was having a crappy year, three small mouth tournaments. We all know. Just by the last couple of years, what dominates up here this time of year, and it's and it's forward-facing sonar, and so I, I put some things on my boat that uh, that that may have uh, conflicted uh, with my uh, contracts, and we've talked through that and everything. But you know, dude, we're competitors. We we need every every. <laughs> Single thing
0: like Let me it. ask you this. Why do you think the forward facing sonar is so much backlash? But I remember covering a, a TTBC that Keith Combs won on Lake Conroe and he gets yeah. off the water and he says the only reason that he was able to win that tournament Lake was because master. he was, no, he was an early adopter of the 360 and hmm. he could see all the brush piles where he sat on Lake oh, Conroe right. that he didn't know where the little ones and twos were. And he said right. he could set up and he could take his plug and he could go, oh, there's a little stop over there. six pounder there's a little stob over there that i didn't know about but you didn't hear a sing that was so cool that that could happen but you didn't hear a single person say well he's seeing out around his boat in front do you think what what do you think the difference was why that And 360 (laughs) because because i don't have 360 and i feel like i'm in a disadvantage without 360 when i go up north especially on a grass lake like oneida because you talk to guys and you're like no dude there's a grass clump here here and here and then they've got the live scope and then can see it in there but why do you think there's not a backlash towards the 360 and that technology that is just as expensive yep but there is towards the light because that's basically live too you can see them it's just It's just a different type of life. It's live.
1: Just different. Yeah. And you've seen, like, Brandon Polinick talks about it all the time with his, you know, his win. Yeah. He won an angler AOIs, of the year with it. a couple of them. And he attributes that to to Mega Live, Mega 360. Sorry. And,
0: uh, but and why isn't wh- why there why a backlash why not? Why not on a backlash? Mega 360? Why
1: not a backlash? It's not as dominant. It is not as dumb. And I will say, by the way, sidebar, like, the best setup, um, outside of forward facing sonar is like a smooth trolling motor Like you have to have a smooth trolling yeah. motor because the the way how thin that beam is it's micro adjusting yes yes uh that ultrax quest is super super smooth and then in conjunction with 360 you know where to point that beam so the more electronics we have uh you know the more advantage you have yes but going back to your question of the advantage it just wasn't as dominant it's, it wasn't as dominant it's not as boring to watch so it's not you know You keep the, saying
0: boring to watch. Here's I think you're looking at this wrong though. You're you saying think? yes, because you're looking at you're looking at the organization. You're saying I want to see what those numbers are. I want to see if people yes. were watching it yep. or not. But this is new. It's a new way to do it. Maybe we're covering the tournaments wrong maybe there needs to be new angles. Maybe there needs to be new things highlighted. Maybe they need to do a contract with the companies to where instead of just having certain like graph brands down on yep. the bottom. If you're on live, you can see that screen. You yep. can see it. Now you can see the guy's face. Yep. Now you can actually see the screen. So maybe the, the the wrong question is being asked. Maybe what should be asked is this is the future of fishing. How do we cover this to make it interesting and inform the viewers? Why this takes skill? Why Patrick Walters and Koya and yep. Kenta and Justin Hamner, who's a, highly underrated at this. We'll talk about yep. that later, but why these guys, because everybody has it now, but why are there guys who are at the best in this and how can we showcase that and how can we make this new style of fishing in 2023 interesting for the viewers? Yep.
1: Yeah, no, that's, a, that's the step we need to take for sure. And Humminbird met, you know, Humminbird with Mega Live, they, they implemented a, a a program where, you know, the BASS uh, production team, JM uh, Jm, Yeah, you can see it yeah they, we've got it's an hdmi beautiful. cable yeah and and love what, watching what, gussie what, and the gussie. classic on it oh, it's
0: phenomenal
1: watch, watching those schools of smallmouth come up and it is crystal clear now some of the camp bass cameramen will actually zoom in um you know on the guy's graph mm-hmm. and yes you have the water spots and thing. you know it's it's the glare it's but you know, when we're watching that on live on the TV here, when I'm off the water and I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. Watching that fish rocket up and, and, or the school of fish at Champlain rocket up. And, I mean, that's that's interesting and that's cool. But when a dude is just, you know, uh, dipping his mouth and, uh, and he's just looking down, not talking at all and just catching them off. I mean, and in, in, you know, the guy kind of expects you to clap for it. It's like, dude, I mean, it's not that. It's not fun I to I think watch. you
0: got to show the screen. You got to show on on and, and granted, like that was a yep. brilliant move by Hummingbird to do yep. the deal with Bass to be able yep. to show the screen. But I think you're to the point now with the coverage is so good and the commentators and everything is so God, dialed in it. and you're catching literally you're breaking records almost on a weekly. You know, you have these events. Yeah, I think you have to maximize how it's covered and i think that screen and some different camera angles are are the deal because dude i mean you guys have the best in the business and everything from the production to the cameramen to the live coverage
1: champlain was the coolest because it Mm -hmm. was just like underwater i was i said on a video the other day like there's a there's a a video youtube video of a a diver that went down and was was filming a a big giant bait ball of sardines or, or anchovies and these big striped marlin were just assassinating them from below and that's the coolest thing to watch and with ford facing sonar at champlain a couple of weeks ago we saw that with just mega wads of smallmouth yeah it was up freaking awesome hammering them right and, and some of the cameramen were zooming in and watching dude, that's just that that's a lot that's entertaining mm-hmm. now yeah. when the when the fisherman says hey look okay so you know this school of bait is only relating to 15 to 20 feet of water because this because this wind direction or this water clarity or this hard bottom that is educational with the entertainment and that's a home run in my opinion, but we don't get that all the time. And by the way, uh, I got to give a shout out to Bradley Hallman, like one of your boys. Yeah. Him and I were fishing a, a, a point that had hundreds of smallmouth around it at Champlain. And every time we get within range of each other, whether that's talking range or if our forward facing sonar beams would interfere with each other, at that point you're too close to one another but Bradley Hallman, he's a seasoned vet he's a very nice guy every time we, we would come across each other he'd like, he would say uh, he would say hey you know hey what about it chris hey how's it going chris he's like hey how's your day going what's good and other guys and this happened a lot and this happens a lot in this day and age Head down, hoodie yeah. on. Your beams are inter- intersecting and, and 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 interfering with each other. Not a single word they will cast at you. Like, dude, come on, dude. Like, there needs to be a freaking etiquette, like some type of <laughs> etiquette, just like Brad- Bradley Hallman. Like, at least say something. Like, hey, dude, I was here yesterday, you know? <laughs> but, like, it brings out the jerks in people. It really does. It truly does. Where And someone said this the other day. It's like their pattern isn't that sloping point or that drop off that break that high it's spot, scoping it's the whole lake is their pattern like yeah. and that's what literally that's kind of the approach that some of these younger guys are taking like dead serious
0: listen uh, we'll put a bow on this because we could literally yeah, all beat this dead horse right now i'll yeah. have horse lover send me hate for that we yeah. could we could talk about this for hours but yeah. here's where the skill is that you can't see yep. and I feel like I'm 100% correct in this. You have a fish that is, you're in two footers. You have a fish that is 86 feet in front of the boat. Mm -hmm. You're throwing a 316 ounce bait. Where the skill is, right now, it's head down. You see a cast and all of a sudden they have it. And you have people that are going, oh, well, this is like spotlighting deer. What, What needs to be shown is the skill with the screen to somehow understand that that angler was able to make an 86-foot cast to a moving fish, lead it to where it's 3 16th and 3-inch bait, is able to go 14 foot down, the fish is 16 foot down, stop it, get that fish's attention, then move that bait away from that fish, all while keeping it, all while keeping it in the beam and getting that bite. That's where the skill is. That's where the entertainment factor is. That's where it's the freaking windmill dunk from the free throw line or the half court three pointer because right now all we're seeing is the score going up and we don't know whether it was a layup we don't know whether it was a windmill dunk we don't know whether it was a granny shot you have to show the shot and not just the points and that's where the entertainment value is because now you're sending screenshots and stuff like dude did you see chris hit that fish at 92 feet out that was four foot below the surface then you go out and try to do it and you're like Hard. crap i can't do that hard that's yep. what is it's lost in translation right yep. now is that skill and that element of it
1: yep no that's definitely a very technical side of it that is up there with dean rojas skipping his frog underneath
0: a hundred percent if you tree. just Same see the blow thing. up you're like yes. oh well there they hate the frog you just cast yes. your frog there but yep. what you don't understand is there's eight people in the world who can put that frog yep. where dean puts the frog
1: Yep, we just need to tell that story better through the lens yes. of the oh, live cameras, and then the anglers as well. Like when I'm, you know, when I'm beaming them. Okay, so I'm beaming left to right. Okay, that's his tail. I can tell that's his tail. I can see that. That's his nose. I can see that he's moving left to right because I'm also moving my screen left, my trolling motor left to right. And if I move it left, he's out of the beam. So let's go back. Okay, there he is again. He's moving left to right. left Let's. And now we got to lead that cast. There's the wind. There's the current. Okay. Oh man, that cast sucked. I gotta throw it back in there and lead him right. Oh, here he comes! Here he comes! Here he comes! There he is. You know, like yeah. that. That's cool. That is cool. You have hero shots. It's the same yep. thing in
0: golf. Like if they yep. only showed people putting, would everyone be as enamored with Tiger Woods? <laughs> no, no. It's it's the it's the <laughs> tree root the. Yep tree root shot where he's hooking it where he's going over the water from 270 like that's where the juice is like you should be calling up your buddies going dude he just hit him at 115 feet out 19 feet down like that that needs to be definitely highlighted more
1: yeah no in a world of uh it's so everything's so easy to hate on these days and everyone's got opinion online heck just look at any of the fishing forums i mean there's forward-facing sonar hate everywhere like every you know but you know like you said to your point i mean if you were if if we were all to do a little better job telling the story and how it's done i think it would be a little more acceptable mm-hmm. overall
0: I don't know what the right answer is. Like, there no. is not a right answer. We're in it's a weird, new. New, new era right yep. now in, yep. in bass fishing that I think, uh, you you know, you forget, I mean, the pioneers of this thing. I mean, you're still fishing with Rick Klun, who, I mean, yep. he was here right around when it started. We're talking the 1960s. Most of the guys who pioneered this entire sport are still alive. It's a very yep. young sport. If you go back and look at some of the NHL rules, some of the NBA stuff, I mean, there was a time when dunking was illegal and there wasn't a three-pointer. Wow i'm just saying everything is evolved evolves and changes and right now we're in an evolutionary period at least yep. in my opinion covering sure from are. the sure sidelines are. and fish in the opens
1: there are no right answers right now with, the, yep. with that whole topic
0: all right we're gonna take a break when we come back i do want to talk to you about the actual tournament not about how it went down okay. but just about the weights about what it's like yeah. to be in the midst of a, of a heavyweight slugfest and know that a, a five pounder is subpar which is which is unbelievable uh before we take a break, though, hey, I noticed you're, you're a big Black Rifle Coffee yes. Company guy. Uh, yep. And I was listening to you talk with uh, Swindle on yep. the uh, Bilge, Bilge podcast. And you were talking about how you would go out of your way to go to uh, mm-hmm. uh, Advance Auto Parts yeah, to get stuff like that. Dude, I go out of my way at Walmart. I spend 150 bucks every every month at, or every other month. Yeah. at walmart get three or four of the different black rifle coffees just because of their support of the uh the industry oh, the sport yeah that's awesome. Dude. so i mean yeah. they don't sponsor the show don't do no. a thing for them but i got a yeah. i got a coffee tree of black rifle out there and it's because of their support of guys like you and swindle and watson in the industry so
1: that's a good little story right there and i will send you a contact uh, number there just i wasn't that. asking for yeah. a
0: contact <laughs> info on that i got no problem spending no, money on awesome. it <laughs> so awesome, all right we are talking with uh with Chris Albane after a record-setting elite series tournament won by Patrick Walters. Oh, I do have one more point on Patrick Walters, but I'll save that. Okay. Save that for when we come back. It's BTL on a Monday. And we will be back right after this.
2: The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler design function and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship jaguar this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance the puma sts from basscat feel the rush series pro daryl gleason here my pro guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days always plenty of juice never fail the best part about pro guide batteries it's the people behind the company they have over 40 years experience in the battery business keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer catching more fish check them out at proguidebatteries.com
0: what's up bass Talk live fans brandon polonick here Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronics setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. All right, we are back, BTL, on a Monday, full week of BTL. It's kind of a weird time of the year as far as booking guests because you have a lot of Elite Series guys, and then a lot of them are, like, celebrating that they either made the Classic or they requalified, and then you've got another group that want nothing to do with fishing because they yeah, didn't make the Classic or they didn't requalify. There's also some that that you're uh, able to talk to, too, but uh, a very uh, interesting talk on forward-facing sonar and where it kind of stands in the industry as it is and uh i want to go back to some of the comments uh where was this one it was pretty funny oh clay said you got to give matt credit he defends forward-facing sonar and is also getting beat by it that shows that he's not just defending it for financial gain. <laughs> That's awesome. like i i thought i thought up until this year on the opens that i was cutting edge and yep. top of the game and kind of yep. top of the heap when it came yep. to forward-facing sonar Um, and I do a lot of
1: it. You do a lot of in the off season too, crappie fishing. Like you were, you were on it a long time ago—five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Like
0: I got third in a Toyota Championship. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was probably forty percent forward facing sonar, like exact beaming him, pitching a drop shot to him, watching him eat it. And I would say twenty percent of the field had it, and maybe five to ten percent of the field knew what was up. And I mean, I wouldn't have finished third without it there. And I remember thinking like the next year you see more and you're like, dang it, more people are. And now if you don't have it, you're almost like made fun of.
1: Yes. And some
0: for fam, some fortune. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about with Patrick Walters. Yep. And I'm buddies with Justin Hamner and Hamner. I think him and Cobb and Walt, I'm going to, I might get this story wrong in a certain, but the gist of it's the same. Walters, uh, Didn't, I mean, he was not an early adopter of forward facing sonar. He's considered one of it, but here's one of the things. So Hamner is big on that. And I guess Walters is just very talented. It's a talent at hand eye to technology and computer like he picked up Call of Duty which is something that like a group of them play yeah and then like within a month was smoking everybody in their group who had been playing for years and years and years and it really ticked it really ticked everyone off if I got if I think it's right I think Brandon Cobb was salty because Walters was smoking him in Call of Duty wow. and was like how do you just pick up a video game that quick but right. he did the same thing with forward-facing with, sonar yes. too Hamner said once he understood it and got it Boom, he was off and running on it. So there is some sort of weird head mental understanding thing that translates both on and off the water with the video game connection there.
1: Wow, interesting. Yeah, no, that's, uh, uh yeah. Huh. I didn't know
0: that. It's yeah, an interesting theory, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard that. I heard that about, Cla- and LeHue's kind of in that group as well. Mm-hmm. I think I heard that from LeHue where, yeah, where he was smoking everyone. Um, yeah, but he's, I mean, like I, I was, I was watching live yesterday. I was like, it's, there's no like special lure. I mean, he's throwing like a wacky rig, like, you know, stick worm type. And no one really does that around here, but that's not the difference maker. It's it, again, it's the accuracy and understanding more. So like just being efficient at it, like very, very efficient at it. Um, so, and we're talking about here, this, this event here, um, in practice, we only had two days. The area that I finished third or third in or whatever last year—it's a very far run. It's fifty something miles from the ramp, and the only other two guys that fished that area last year was Patrick Walters um, and Jason Christie, and, and Atkins touched it a little bit. Um, but this year there were a lot more guys. But but this year in practice, dude, I saw how efficient Patrick Walters was. We're we're kind of hopscotching fishing the same. Just, you know, both of us are looking at Lake Master mapping. We would fish, you know, the long points with the little saddle with the high spot uh, or the little star, little asterisk on the Lake Master, which indicates boulders, underwater boulders. So he would just like it's running gun fishing, mm-hmm. but he's beaming them. Like it's, he's not casting like KVD would, trying to receive the information to make, you know, make his adjustments and, and, uh, you know, decisions from there. He would put the trolling motor down and just beam, scan, trolling motor on 100, scan, 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 scan. Okay, don't see anything. Go to the next thing. And he's running and gunning. Like, I watched it with my own eyes. And I'm sitting there whining a chatterbait like I did, you know, last year on on shallow spots, old school fishing. And I'm watching him do this and just, like, go shallow, then deep, then shallow, then deep, and just scan around. And, and dude, that's that's efficiency with this new technology. So, yeah, when he's smoking everyone at Call of Duty, like you said, that's no surprise, dude. Like he is, uh, he's he gets after it.
0: What is it like going into a tournament where you know that you're going to have to average a five pound smallmouth to compete? And you did a very good job at competing. Uh, you had sixty eight four over three days, which, boys and girls, that's twenty two pounds of largemouth a day and. Like small you mouth. didn't even yeah. small mouth. i mean, yeah. sorry. It, yeah. And you didn't uh, even sniff it. I mean, you nope. were in the hump, but I mean, nope. what is it like going into that? Did you know what was about to go down?
1: Yeah. Well, first day, you know, the first day, obviously the wind blew. So, which is great because it, it, it makes the guys work. It makes the AOI winner, the rookie of the year winner. It makes the, 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 the winner of the event, uh, work, uh, you know, through adversity, diversity, um, you know, with the south wind and the northeast wind, you got to sw- constantly switch it up and change. I just knew, you know, the first day I had caught 22 something pounds, I, I survived and I stayed in the river. I, I, you know, didn't play it safe and I went out as far as I could, but uh, fished all new water, caught 22, just fishing history. But after seeing 29, 27, 28 pounds, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to step my game up. They have to be five and six pounders from here on out. And that is so hard to do out here. Yes, they live here. Yes, they're plentiful. But this is a big ass body of water, and finding five and six pounders, you either have to cover a lot of water or be very, very efficient at what is going on that pattern or that effective technique that this week and we all saw, you know, those guys do do exactly what we've been talking about for the last thirty minutes. Um, so yeah, you know, you got to tell yourself, hey, if I'm going to make the classic, I need twenty-seven to twenty-eight pounds a day. And you got to realize real quick, like if you come up short, anything close, anything short of that, you're just, you ain't going to do it. So a lot of emotions here this week for me personally. Um, I knew this was my last line of defense to not work the classic floor. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it just, it it didn't work out and that's just kind of the season I've had, uh, i'm a i'm a power fishing guy i Mm -hmm. I could do i'm a finesse guy as well growing up in california we've talked about this on the show you know in bass zone articles 10 12 12 13 years ago uh but uh, yeah me personally the schedule just kind of started out just kind of real swampy i i I, you know i just got i just got in a bad cycle for several string of tournaments mixed with you know some electronics frustrations and 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 you know Whatever. I mean, it's it was a couple of those tournaments I'd end up in the same spot as some guys and watch them just crank them out left and right. That frustrates you. That leads you to bad decisions. Hey, l- I need to get away from here. And that's happened several times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just a – it was a terrible season, but a phenomenal week here on the St. Lawrence. And uh, and, and it just that's that's year number 12 down, going on 13. And just fortunate. I know. And you and I have been close buddies with, through Basso and Jeffries you know since since the start inception yeah yeah heck yeah they're yeah they're a great sponsor uh, of mine and and what is a sponsorship these days we talk about this on the build podcast all the time like the idea that uh you and 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 Mark Jeffries had about the black box and have all the anglers you know uh, <laughs> oh, i haven't thought about that for years yeah kind of it, kinda, it yeah. was kind of it now it's kind of a dead subject but i would love 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 To hear the results of this 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 box this uh, this survey box of hey survey fifty of the elite series guys or hundred of the elite series guys hundred of the ml eighty of the MLF guys survey them and say how much do you make in sponsorship money um, you know in this particular season I would love to hear that Mm -hmm. because chances are it's not I mean listen
0: uh, from an outsider looking in you've had numerous uh, you had numerous top 10 angler of the year finishes in the past then you look at the past two years rods reels baits boat you add a podcast you basically change everything it looks like hey there's a lot of distractions here that finally caught up with with chris in 2023 is that the case or is it hey this is a this is a very changing ecosystem and sometimes you just have a crappy year
1: yeah, no, so that's an interesting point, and I thought about posting a whole thing, writing out this giant paragraph on on what could be looked at as an excuse. All this other stuff going on, all these other obligations sponsor-wise, but it all boils down to kind of what makes me happy, what makes us happy, and like sparking up a podcast or concentrating on just YouTube videos, educating and entertaining. That stuff makes me happy, dude. It really does. Now am I saying that, that competitive bass fishing is kind of taking a back seat to, to our whole thing? No, not at all. I still love competing like crazy. I just it was just a bad year. It what like I said, just a, a series of weird events that happen on the water that just sparks bad decisions. Uh, and and there and we finished what sixty eighth in, in AOI. It's the worst season 60th. I've ever sixtieth? 60th? Okay. Sixtieth 60th is probably the worst I, I've ever had. Um, but yeah, but now this day and age, and you know, this dude, like, and we talked about on the podcast with, with KVD, I mean, return on investment is the only thing that these sponsors want to see. And you got to do whatever it takes, stay on the cutting edge, uh, to, to satisfy and wow, the logos on your chest, on your boat, Mm -hmm. on your truck. And by the way, those logos that are actually printed on your chest and boat, and nowadays that's that's that what does that even mean it's just anyone could slap that logo on a on a truck or whatever that does nothing that sells zero product whatsoever it's going above and beyond and delivering messages or educating or
0: entertaining. No, uh, I still think digitally. that logo sells because it is associated with what you're doing, what they're doing, educating sure. and entertaining and results-wise. Sure. So I still sure. think there is value in the logo, but that you create the value in Correct. the logo. There's Correct. no more people buying it just because it's on a pro's boat. They're buying it because it, they're supporting the pro whose boat it's on the because overall, of yep. what they bring to the game.
1: Correct. We just talked about that with the black rifle coffee yeah. thing uh swindle does a great job at at, at talking about that Mm -hmm. but but this whole landscape this whole mark professional fishing and the marketing landscape it's changing all the time you know we had a a sit down meeting at icast with a couple of our sponsors and you know and and mercury for example some of the things that they want to see and what 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 they what they expected the anglers are different than what a black rifle or a uh a Guggen Bates or a Bass Mafia, it, it, it's different and they all have their kind of a, a, approaches and it, it's it's hard to satisfy all of them. But overall, if you invest in your own brand, and I say this all the time, it, it, is invest in yourself and, and build something within yourself or within your team that these people want to you know, in, invest in you. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know that you've been doing a great job with that. Uh, and I just wish the whole industry would understand that and and realize that it's it's so much more than just catching a bass because that only gets you so far. Patrick Walters has done a great job of catching bass and getting yeah. and getting very far. Uh, but you know when they when they see that they see his personality when they see the woo on stage he's building out a brand outside of the fact that he could catch fish. Uh, and that right there is so valuable to, to sponsors.
0: There's more and more guys that are kind of understanding this, but I think it's still a, it's still a reactive yes, industry yeah. for the most part with the, with a few outliers, but there's more people that are reacting now than saying, ah, this just isn't for me. Like they're yeah. finding you have to have yep. like Brad's a perfect example of that you mentioned Brad Halman. like, yep. He wouldn't even really come on BTL for a number of years. Yeah, and then, you know he took a break. He regained his passion. Yes, he got back into it. He said, "You know what? Uh, I'm I'm in my 40s. I have goals that I want to achieve. I yeah. want blue trophies. I want to cross the classic stage." And then he embraced that and that side. X factor, the media yeah. side. Yeah, and like he had an atrocious year. But dude, he's, I don't think he realizes it right now because he gets down on himself, but he's got so many people all across the country that have followed him that are rooting for him. And yes. instead of like, what the hell Brad made the elite series and he's sucking now, this is part of his the, story and they're failing a yes. story and it's going to be a chapter in his story yep. that is going to make the first blue trophy or the classic qualification that much sweeter because now they're invested in his story.
1: Yep exactly and in turn down the road leads to a falcon rod sale or or you know or whatever it is you know just a little bit further down the line but it's Mm -hmm. not a you know uh, you know it's he's he's got a great approach and and just building out a, a great respectable brand for yourself as as an angler i mean that's that's like step one and and uh that's that that's the move that is the move
0: uh What's next then? Like, what do you have coming up for the rest of the year? You kind of did a, you kind of did an end of the year trip, but you did it mid year for the Xanders. What do they call their Yeah, perch?
1: yeah, they call it, uh just big jumbo perch. They oh, call they, so
0: perch. they are perch. They're like a they're perch, a, yeah. They don't call edible? them yellow
1: perch. They just call them perch. Yeah, they call Do they them perch keep her. them,
0: or is that like keeping our bass?
1: Um, because nah, I would it, have a tough time letting them go. It's all catch and release. It's all catch. Are and release. Are you kidding me? Jeez, I wonder. So yellow perch is like the taste, like they're tastier than walleye.
0: They're like, yeah, I got 70 t- in the freezer right now. Nice. Where do you catch them? I, I went out, out on, I went out, uh, on Sandusky with Michael yep. Simonton and we got the Michael minnows Simonton. and, and he's guides for him. And I took my dad up there and then, uh, we took him to a fish cleaning deal. Yeah. So, I mean, Hell they're eight to 10 inch yellow perch oh, scaled, perfect. scaled, cleaned and butterflied did 70 of them for 30 bucks.
1: Oh, heck yeah, dude. Yeah, That's money. Unbeatable. That's amazing. Yeah, so in Europe, you know, I, I went to the Netherlands, uh, you know, on behalf of, of uh, Nitro Mercury Bass Pro Shops. They actually build the Nitro boats there in Missouri and ship them, literally ship them on a giant ship across the Atlantic Ocean uh, through the North Sea, I believe it's called. And into the Netherlands, into Germany, into Europe. So these nitro bass boats are fully rigged out. We, you know they got the anchors, they got the the four facing sonar, the 360s, all that, all rigged out for pike. Uh, for they call them zander, but it's really like a white walleye looking thing. And then these mm-hmm. big giant perch. So they look like yellow perch, but they get five six pounds, just like bass. And you could pattern them just like bass. It's so cool. Jerk baits, chatter baits, top water at times, spy baits. Uh, but yeah, there's just this huge European market of professional fishing and just, it's not bass fishing cause they only have bass mm-hmm. in like Italy and, uh, some parts of Spain. Uh, but there's like this whole other passion for fishing out there and they do it out of nitro mercury boats. Really, really cool. So when you ask me what's next, it's, um, we're, you know, still continuing to, build out this this YouTube stuff. It's it's a, And you know the drill. A lot of the guys know the drill. Like this big hole. So like take the Googan squad, for example. Love them, hate them. Uh, and we talked about this before. Love them, hate them, whatever them. Um, they really wow. pioneered this. I've got a camera. I'm going to mm-hmm. selfie myself. Having a good time catching fish. That formula <laughs> was introduced to us 10, 12 years ago, however long ago. A lot of us hated on them. But they pioneered that. Hey, let's go show a good time on YouTube, and it was highly profitable for them. Since then, uh, the YouTube fishing market has been diluted. But you know, but people still want to click on something that's entertaining. So more and more of that, yes, and that is very very expensive. Editors, shooters, the cost of gas, lodging, and time to do this stuff and deliver that type of content is very uh it's time consuming it's very expensive so but we love doing it we absolutely love doing it so now that the season the the the, the fishing season is over with we're still going to continue to do that u.s open is definitely on the list this year so we're going to go do, do the u.s open and that opens up some more uh fishing and youtube wow. opportunities for us that's that's great and hey this youtube thing is hard dude it is very hard you can't just buy subscribers and subscriptions and and all that. You got to work hard to to entertain and educate. And and we, that's what we've been trying to do. Um, so we could turn around in years down the road and say, Hey, look, here are the viewership numbers. Here's what's valuable. And, uh, and you know, and that's what gets, keeps this whole thing moving, you know, this whole bass fishing economy moving. And uh, as far as a professional bass fisherman goes. So, um,
0: a lot of questions about the bilge, uh, in the instant feedback. Talk a little bit about, I mean, you guys are have you kind of caught your stride on that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, maybe some of the surprises or things. I yeah. mean, you're your podcast host too, along with it. Is it yeah. everything you hoped and dreamed it would be?
1: Well, so I didn't hope and dream any of it, it was Trait who hoped and dreamed all of it. Is it everything you've hoped and dreamed it would be, the bilge podcast? Not yet. She says. Not she's yet. a killer. She's a Texas rattlesnake killer. So she does a lot of the, the, the scheduling. We rehearse none of it. It's just like off the cuff, talk about hot topics and fishing, whether it's for face mm-hmm. and sonar sponsorship stuff. But we like to talk about things, uh, that, uh, you know, that, 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 that Gerald Swindle or KVD typically don't talk about. We always hear him talk about skipping a ball and out jig KVD cranking a 10 XD we like talking about other things, like just like the nuts and bolts of how or time off the water. Like you do a great job of it too, uh, but um, but yeah, it's been great. It really has. Viewership's awesome. What we've done, I wish we'd space out the releases a little bit further because here we are. We do it out of this the Battleborn RV. Yep. You know, we do it in the back in studio. studio, yeah. So we have to be at, at an event. So we will be doing some stuff around the U.S. Open. A lot of the Western anglers are just oh, yeah. going to be. That's
0: where you're going. No, yeah. I've got a I got a, a open right on top. That's right. Like right on top of that's it. That's right. In Florida.
1: So yeah, and a zone has covered. The U.S. Open. It's a great Western event. We learn a lot. It's four facing and Sonar dominant like last uh, year,
0: that's worth going out. Even if you aren't fishing. Yes. You yes. Get it those is guys all in one spot. Yep. Yep, and
1: uh, and so there's, there'll be more coming down the pipe. But what we've created now, and this is kind of unintentionally, is man, we've had some heaters over the last couple of weeks. We mm-hmm. had Gerald Swindle, we had KVD, uh, you know, we had Greg Hackney, uh, Zona uh, again, educational, entertaining, um, and uh, and so we've kind of created this this podcast that is uh, it's legit. I mean, it's, it's now legit. And at the start of it, just a couple, you know, a couple months or a year ago, it was just like, Oh, we'll just do a podcast. Now you have to keep feeding it. Exactly. That's where the
0: challenge is. That's
1: kind of a, that's a thing. And, uh, and again, (laughs) it's in person. So, you know, in the, in the age of StreamYard and Zoom, and Skype, uh, we're going old school face-to-face, which is great, but Trey does all the lighting, she does the, and Charles over here, and Johnny, uh, we, we got a couple filmers who travel with us to make sure all that is is, is sound. Uh, it's been awesome. It really has been awesome, and, and you know, who knows where it's going to lead, but we'd like to open up a little bit more, maybe, fan interaction where they could ask some questions, just like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a comment section where we could ask a Greg Hackney what, you know, not what his favorite jig color is, but you know, uh, what, he, why, why he named his dog, the, the name of his dog, whatever, you know? And, uh, but, um, but I've realized like with viewership counts and everything like bass fishing is so small, dude, it is small and trying to build out a, a there you go. There it is right there. Builds podcast. Those are mm-hmm. three chairs. We got a mic stand, uh, and everything. And, uh, yep, that, that's us, you know, the dramatic lighting, Yes, you got kind of like a it.
0: little a smoky, like you just met someone interesting at like a little yeah, dude. Yes, up yes. north. <laughs> yeah, it's it only. Totally I like- will give him credit. Like that is way uh between sound, audio, video quality and stuff. It is way harder. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I look at it totally differently because I mean I struggle with obviously the on location. I do more on the right. pod podcast side of it. Yep. Uh, do you guys even put your episodes out on like spotify and stuff right now straight where we at on that
1: uh our episodes on spotify they ask us that all the time
0: um we were just working
1: on making sure that we can get paid for the advertising side of that it's a business decision it's a business decision and youtube as as crappy as it as as the pay is it's still pay so uh, you know, the viewerships go up. the The more income we receive, and it's nothing. Trust me, it's nothing, nada. Oh, yeah. And we enjoyed, you know, and we enjoy just just doing it. But uh, yeah, we try to direct everyone through yes, YouTube. Spotify will be next. Spotify is next. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And by the way, on our way back home, we need to have you on. Because you always over the years have interviewed me. Yeah, I know I had to cancel. Didn't I catch COVID or something? Yeah, was supposed to yeah I got sick. House. Yeah, yeah. But uh but Matt, you're in Dallas Fort Worth all the time now. Uh, you know, with some of the off the water activities you do. Uh, and we'd love to have you, <laughs> you over made that
0: sound like sketchy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not.
1: Well, I don't know if any of your, your relationships yeah. are public. I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. Uh but
0: yeah, no, I'm down there. We need to there's a yep. bunch to do. I've been uh I've been you guys live in a really cool, cool part of the country.
1: Yeah, we're out. Yeah. How close yeah, are you
0: to Texas Motor Speedway?
1: TMS. We're forty minutes from there. It's okay. yeah, it's close. Yeah, so a yeah, lot of stuff going close. on there. It's just we're in no rush to get back now, but we love to have you on, and uh, I'll think of like I said, we don't prep for any of the builds podcast, but who knows? You know, we'll have a we'll have an adult beverage and just wherever the conversation leads, and we'll talk about things that we didn't talk about here, uh, and just try to make it interesting.
0: That works. Uh, are you oh, going so to? I- are you going to the uh, NASCAR playoffs at t- Texas Motor Speedway?
1: I don't think we're gonna be around for t- uh, NASCAR playoffs, but um, yeah, one phone call and we've got tickets. So if, if we're available, we'll go straight to huge oh, NASCAR. I know
0: I know what you need to do. When is the, uh, the when when is the US open actually? Is it like the sixteenth, o- seventeenth, eighteenth? Of
1: October, yeah, mid October. Right in the okay. middle of October yeah, US the
0: 20th, open. I'll be at I'll be in Fort Worth for the Zach Bryan concert. Oh, nice, dude! I think yeah, we won't be, be there. Yeah, you'll be out. If you out, need a place to stay. Yeah, you know,
1: the key to the, key to the
0: no, house. No, we're is good. I spend there. way too much money on Bucky's though. Now yes. that there's a couple Bucky's in the area,
1: Bucky's is legit. If you're ever traveling through any of the, those southern states, dude, Bucky's is legit. How many
0: guys have gone after Bucky's? Like, no, That's no a good BS. That's I know a good that question. there's some that have, but so, how many have really, really tried to go after Bucky's? <sighs>
1: I don't know, but I would say if your numbers aren't legit, they probably won't <laughs> even. Have you like, have you tried to have go not. after them yet? I have not. And that's this whole thing we talk about like educating, entertaining, doing it to where it's trackable and traceable. Then you could go to a company like Bucky's and maybe strike a deal um, for a year and then have them say, okay, it's not going to renew. Uh, but no, we haven't uh, approached Bucky's. That would be a great one. It would. And, and I know like some anglers have. Uh, have dabbled with like the loves, uh, um, yep. the TAs, um, and everything, but Bucky's will be a legit one.
0: I always like when you've got a guy who, who has a contact or an in, and he starts mentioning it on stage or yeah. be sliding it in. You're like, Oh, he's, he's making his play right yes, now. He's going man. after oh, him. It's so You'll obvious. see him. Maybe sometimes it'll be a year or two that they'll try to go after it. And then it's it'll so either obvious. be on the yeah. Jersey one tournament in the boat or the next year, or it's like gone. And then he, he like hates him. That was big yeah. in the grill game. You'd have people that were grilling and all that. Yeah, there's one. There's one guy. I. It's the greatest thing ever. And then like the next week, he was like, "Screw this! I'm a charcoal guy." You know? and you're yeah, you're like, "Oh, it must not have gone well." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, pellets for life, and then charcoal. Yeah. 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 You know yeah. what?
0: On second thought, sometimes all bag of charcoal is the way to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious, dude. So obvious. Oh, you know,
0: oh, I love it
1: that's uh yeah that's sponsorship in a nutshell right there it's a brutal game it really is and you, you gotta have it unless dad and mom are, are are loaded and all for you having a you know having a ball but yeah it's a grind dude it's an absolute grind sponsorship wise all
0: right uh i talked to you at icast for a long time the new dangerous swim yeah bait yeah out with the hook Thing that yep. separates and all yeah, that is yeah, that yeah. like good to go is that out people yeah so, i mean i've seen the regular it's, packaging but i haven't production seen...
1: okay it's in production right now it should start shipping what they say september i believe the dangerous swimmer the loaded danger swimmer oh but it looks like a mag draft no trust me it's different i've grabbed some things from this type of swim bait i you know not copied but was inspired by this type of thing from this swim bait but i could truly say this line through top hook design has been in my head for like seven, eight years, and essentially, you know, a top hook swim bait, it, 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 it gets bites, uh, but fish throw those larger swim baits really, really easy. So to have a top hook line through, we all know line through swim baits get bit, top hook swim baits get bit. I was just looking for a line through type swim bait that you could fish along the bottom or rip wrap or around lay downs, uh, and do it with the tail wiggle, the head wiggle and look real. Um, and so we've done that. So we've got a heavy version and a light version. Uh, Bass Mafia is, is producing it for us. They, they are killer to work with. They've got all the right connections within the industry when it comes to making, uh, uh soft baits. Um, and you know, we've got this really cool design this internal harness system that's going to change the swim bait game So the next move is you know, we got the six inch version right now The next move is a seven inch and I want to do like a nine or ten inch version Um, but all this stuff takes time. It's a lot of back and forth So a lot definitely a lot going on and the colors color introduction and this and that so it starts shipping this fall
0: Well you, you've probably made the biggest I wouldn't call it a one eighty because there's business decisions, and it is in the fishing industry. Yeah, but man, you've had a lot of changes over the past yeah, two dude. years.
1: Yeah, no, just uh, what, just four years, three, four years ago, I was, you know, with Mega Bass. Was I was with Skeeter. I was with Yamaha. Um, and now I'm I'm Nitro Mercury Bass Pro Shops and and Google Squad slash Bass Mafia. Y- you start to realize over the years, uh, you take a look back and look at all the money you've spent, the money coming in what makes you happy, who where your goals and, and beliefs and things align with who and this and that. When you make these big changes uh, sponsorship wise, it's like, okay, you know I'm gonna get some hate and criticism over here. I got a lot over here over this. Uh, but ultimately, you have goals. the people you work mm-hmm. with and who sign your checks have goals when you sit there and talk and communicate mainly trait with my sponsors, our sponsors, it's like, how do we reach this goal together? And some companies understand you a little better than other companies. So you can just kind of make those decisions accordingly. And I feel like the sponsorship lineup I have right now is, is awesome. They keep us going. They, uh, they support the hell out of us. And that is so huge. And those are those are all big changes over the last couple of years that won't change ever again. That's the rest of my career. I mean, I'm gonna work with these companies for the rest of my career period. And the other thing too is like um, and th- it's not really advice, but it's just something I've, I've learned over the years. And it's not for everyone. I mean, you look uh, look at a guy like Scott Martin. he's got like a million sponsors and he's got so yeah. many obligations, but that's his personality. He's able to deliver the needs of all these different sponsorships for every lure I have on my shirt right here, he's got a sponsor for, and what we've tried to do is really consolidate and work with some of the larger companies and only just work with a couple of them. That way we could deliver a high quality for those higher quality sponsors. And and it's not for everyone. NASCAR does it differently. Bass fishermen do it differently. Uh, but that's just kind of what works for us is really concentrate on a, on a select few of sponsors. And we're frankly, we're, we're lucky
0: to have them. Do you think NASCAR is the closest, the closest sport to bass fishing, but we don't, I, we talk about a billion different sports. We'll talk about like European cricket and compare it to bass fishing. But one of the things that Jeffries and I, I mean, we talk about it a little bit, but the more and more I talk about it, I know you guys know NASCAR drivers have been to NASCAR races. You guys are NASCAR People trade, especially. Yep. Is that the most similar sport when it comes to to fishing? And we'll close on this because there's a couple little things that they do. Yep. That is so taboo in fishing, and I don't understand why because that's what makes it exciting. But I know, it, yes or no? No. Is that is that uh, the closest yes. sport? Yes, yes. Because
1: ultimately, it's a uh, 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 an expensive sport that's driven by the passion and love for the sport, and it's a constant grind to keep partners on board and to please partners and when a guy you know wins a race gets off you know gets out of the car they shove a camera in his face he slugs a coca-cola and says my toyota camry reesers bass pro shops that car was so awesome it's just like when mercer shoves a camera or the <laughs> microphone in your face Oh man I I just I'd filled up that nitro gas tank and I ran that mercury all up. it's like there's a lot of parallels yes and and the overall game Aww. the overall grind is very very similar it says it says beans that's beans or one of our dogs yeah
0: That the Belgian Malo,
1: this one there. We got a Belgian Malinois, and then this is a Dutch Shepherd. There, she was a day away from being euthanized, and we just had to step in, and and yeah, yeah, she's a part of the team now. She's a part of our NASCAR team. She's the wheel changer.
0: Aren't those in the Malinois the ones that you see on Instagram that like jump like ninety five feet in the air and grab the?
1: Yep, yeah, that, and then they do a lot of police military work. And it's not that they're like mean dogs; it's just they're Mm -hmm. they're. They're, they're highly motivated and they are open to training. So the more work you put into mm-hmm. them, uh, the more, just like bass fishing, the more work you put in, the more you get out.
0: A uh, couple more NASCAR points that I'll let you go. You got a yep. lot of dogs to pet and feed, but the ones that the, the similarities that I want to make is they do restrict your plate racing. There's all yep. sorts of regulations that prevent these things from going 700 miles an hour yep. and killing people and making yep. it safe for the fans and the viewers uh there might be an interesting case study into there as to why in bass fishing we're so resistant to limitations or changes or things bass fishing was based on that if you don't remember ray yep. scott you had to weigh your tackle bag you had eight rods and reels yes. for the bass master classic if you broke one you were down to seven yeah. you couldn't add any bait since then uh there is 250 horsepower restrictions on that but based on without even mentioning the word based on our first part of the conversation in the first half i think maybe you could look at nascar to limit it while keeping it entertaining Oh, yep. is what the restrictor plate deals is for right like correct like, hey we got this freaking field and we're looking at our numbers and the fans are saying this is a boring race on this yep. right track to do this they sat down and said what can we do to make it interesting restrictor yep. plates now it's a Total gong show, and everybody loves them, unless you're a purist. And there's still people that are saying, Oh, this is all BS and stuff like that. Is that yep. kind of along the same lines?
1: Same lines, but the, their sports got more money in it, and there's yeah. just more moving parts. Like, so when you say NASCAR got together and made these decisions, Bass has like one dude, like one dude, or like two guys that could talk it over and say, Hey, look, how do we make this more interesting? This ford facing sonar, how do we make it more interesting? You know? And, uh, and, and, you know, d- does NASCAR have driver surveys? Like, I, I mean, d- how do they say this is how the English angler- or this is how the driver? Yeah, I would love feel. to know how
0: much goes on behind the scenes, right, but then right. the more money you have, I would think the less you they would have, have. but then yep, yep. each val- each driver or each person is also more valuable. So if yes. you're bringing in 50 million to the organization, even if it's worth, 500 million you're going to be very valuable so then you are going to i would love to know the inner workings behind the scenes of the other individual sports where everybody's trying to do what's best for their team their group their individual to make the championship whether it's golf tennis nascar professional croquet badminton i don't care
1: but definitely nascar is the the closest parallel hands down all
0: right anything else chris no man. Oh, Anything the mustache. We are you keeping it? Oh yeah, because no, there was some. It, you hundred percent are. You're not. I
1: shaved it like I, I cleaned it up for you. I got this ugly bald spot right in the middle yeah. right here, but it's staying for good, man. It is staying for good. I did it for like I was up here like three years ago or whatever, uh, and I just did it as a joke. You know the chimp yeah, mustache. Moved kind of the, the creeper mustache and it stayed dude. Like I first couple tournaments with it. It was small mouth tournaments. I top 10 in all of them. I just kind of st- stuck it out from there. You know, it's not a, it's not a Patrick Walters mustache or a Seth fighter mustache, but it'll do. It gets the job done. I promise. Right. You. So
0: it's like party. Now it's not, it, like is. A,
1: it is. It's it's really Thrilled about that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, sh- she hates it.
1: She hates it. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. But uh, now it's a part of, uh, it's, it's, it really is a part part of me.
0: All right, Chris, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate then, the time up north. You hitting the water today? Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey,
1: dude, it's like 75 degrees and no oh, wind. Man. Of course, I'm hitting the water. And if Thousand we missed Islands any... or Ontario? Uh, Ontario, yep, yep. And if we missed any topics here, this morning we could hit him up on the bilge when you're on, uh, at my house, uh, over the next uh, couple months here.
0: Awesome. Any, uh, what do you have coming up on the, on the bilge? Any, any new podcasts that are going to drop that maybe you could give us a little tease on. Yeah.
1: We got Maddie Robinson coming up. We may interview maybe, uh, maybe one of the guys here. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, so there's like, there's guys, you know, like a, like a Brandon Polinick or Carl Jockinson, those guys, those guys have told their story so in so many different places we like to like strategically uh find topics and guests Mm -hmm. that are just untold stories man that's what you know that's what uh delivering that type of bilge content's all about so um yeah we we got some things down the pipe we've got a guy yeah we got a guy matt Pangrat, coming on next (laughs) next month may have heard of him (laughs) I greatly so,
0: appreciate it. This was a yeah, great, man. Uh, a great conversation. There was a yeah. billion different directions it could go in, and yeah, it went in an interesting and productive direction. Yeah. And all, yeah. All like all my all
1: name about. I selected here. No, I know a classic for me. We didn't touch on that, but just in a nutshell, it was a trying, trying, trying year. Um, and a lot of ups and downs, a lot more downs and ups. Um, uh, but I've never been happier in the bass fishing space again I'm just like truly lucky and blessed to travel with my dogs couple camera guys and it, just to be in this position is awesome so I don't take any of it for granted after all these years 12 years going on 13 um, it's just been truly awesome and I appreciate uh, all that you guys do for us as well um, and yeah we will uh, we'll see you next time
0: thank you see ya all right guys. All right, that is Chris Saldane. Great interview, a lot of insight there on both the business and the fishing side. Going to take a final break of the show when we come come back, put a cap on it, talk a few things more smallmouth. Look forward to the rest of the week. This is BTL on a Monday. We'll be back right after
2: this. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm, And the ram tail craw, great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes, really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country. And I think it's gonna catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat. So, you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you want to give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage installation done right with the help of the bass tank power harness you can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right the bass tank power harness give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com get the best patterns backed by tournament data start by finding the best 10% of your lake know exactly what to look for and what to throw after that you just put them in the boat try the deep dive app today look at that beast right there I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife. And Gamagatsu has come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry. So whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips. So if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid. You've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured God, at the strictest crazy, tolerances dude. to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament yes, fast fishing. Sir. From household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline.
0: Shoreline boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair. That deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prized possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water fast. All repairs are done in-house so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. All right, welcome back, BTL, on a Monday in studio in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, we're going to get into that a little bit now. We have some new schedules that have been released, supposedly the Elite Series, and I don't know if the open schedule would follow that too, but we we do have some schedules. Speaking of schedules, o- Oklahoma, the B- Oklahoma university of oklahoma sooners kicks off their season uh next week their last season in the big 12 before moving to the sec so i don't i don't really talk about college fishing here i'm not or college fishing i talk a little bit about that too but college football uh obviously we talk about it when brad's in studio because he's a uh diehard uh OU fan or when jamie horton's on with alabama or oh we just had tim horton on we didn't even talk about auburn with him but uh I'm optimistic about this year. We'll just leave it at that. But schedules, speaking of optimism, a couple of really good schedules uh, that came out from MLF. And it seems to me like over the past uh, two, three years, especially with the Opens and some of it, there's been a, a push to kind of get away from the standard Florida tournament. Now, you have a limited number of places that you can start a year at. Climate-wise, especially if you want to start it in January, February. Uh, but the MLF uh, Bass Pro Tour schedule came out with all their stages. And they have Toledo Bend, Santee Cooper, Dale Hollow, Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma. The Chowan River in North Carolina. The James River. And the St. Lawrence River out of uh, Messina. Now, I know that uh, Marty, I know they like to do a lot of the North, South Carolina stuff. I don't know. I would assume that Marty Stone is probably their connection there. I don't know anything about that river, but I I think this is a very solid, a very solid river. You have, uh, obviously, uh, Toledo Bend is going to be weather dependent, but that lake is really on the upswing. Uh, It seems right now that both uh, Rayburn and Toledo Bend, but they kind of seem to go back and forth as to which one. We saw what Ben Milliken did in the open uh I really like that early season Toledo Bend and Santee Cooper in February which is probably going to be a, a spawn slug fest and then you have Redcrest on lay Lake but Dale Hollow in April I think that's going to shine out and people are going to be obviously that's associated in Tennessee with big smallmouth and this is all just me pontificating off the top of my head but uh based on some of the things that I've experienced and talked with and guys that have fish it I think People are drastically underestimating the largemouth in Dale Hollow. I think uh, Dale Hollow is going to be a really cool historic fishery that hasn't been on a schedule. Uh, They've had some BFLs there. I think they had a Toyota series there last year, if my memory serves me correctly. But uh, Dale Hollow is going to be a really good stop. Then April 30th to May 5th, Lake Eufaula uh oklahoma uh not you follow in alabama which you follow is now on the map we had an invitational that kelly jordan won a bassmaster open that joey Nania won the npfl comes later this year but that time of year april 30th through may 5th you're definitely going to have fish on the beds on you there's going to be a few post-spawn fish and we might even have a few pre-spawn fish depending on what the uh what the spring is like but what you saw in the open uh with 50, 60, 70 boats right outside of Eufaula Cove and then the rest up in the, the uh, Bixby to Purim area is is that's not going to be the case of April 30th uh, through May 5th. It's going to spread out. Uh, it's going to spread out a lot more. Uh, the weights are going to be good. You're going to see uh, all three species predominantly. Uh, Large mouth play, maybe some spawning fish. Uh, you might even have like a early buzzbait bite going on. It should take eighteen to twenty, uh, possibly more a day. And if the water's up, it's going to be a willow and bush fishing bonanza. Uh, that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, then heavy hitters on the Kissimmee chain, and then the uh, Showan River, according to uh, according to Mark here. He said. Show one river. I know nothing about that. No clue. So it's cool. It's a new one. I'll tune in to watch a new one. I like new ones. Uh June 25th through 30th, a grinder on the James River. Be interesting to see how uh the Chickahominy plays. If they allow them to trailer on that one, that's gonna open up uh a ton of water. Sh- uh Shane saying that the Showan will be a slug fest and it's going to expose a lot. Interesting. Uh and then Wrapping things up in August on the St. Lawrence River, which we kind of know what to expect on the St. Lawrence River for that. They also came out with the invitational schedule for 2024. This is a really good schedule, in my opinion. Sam Rayburn, early February, West Point Lake, beginning of March. Uh professional fishing returns to Kentucky Lake. It's been a minute since we've had in Kentucky. Word is the smallmouth have really boomed on Kentucky Lake. Uh, the largemouth are making a comeback, obviously, with all of the uh, issues that they've had with the Asian carp in that lake. It would be really nice for the invitationals to go there and just put on a slug fest on Kentucky Lake. I think you're going to see a lot of smallmouth, though, uh, unexpected smallmouth, uh, and they should be spawning Then Lake Eufaula in Alabama, May 10th through 12th. Uh, and then the last two on this, Lake Champlain in June. I was talking to a couple guys about that. They're really excited about that one. That should set up perfectly for a spawning event. And then uh, the Detroit River, July 26th through the 28th. Those are all three days. I need to do some more homework when it comes to the Bassmaster Elite Series as far as who's in and who's out. Obviously, Kyle Welcher wins Angler of the Year over Brandon Cobb. Uh, Not a surprise there with Welcher. I think if you polled all of the Elite Series Anglers and the media – as to the top five hardest working, naturally talented anglers on tour. I think Welcher would be in pretty much everybody's top five, uh, very talented angler there to win it. Uh, right now, I think the classic cut from what I can figure out is at 41 It's either 41 or 42. So Mueller's either, uh, it's either Cole Sands is the last man in at 42 or Paul Mueller's the last man in at 41, but interesting anglers who, I mean, are not going to be in this year's classic scott martin bill lowen brian new jumped all the way up to 46 after finish starting the year after four events in like 104th then he had a baby and he just caught on fire he uh he was like literally 10 15 points away from making it which would have been probably one of the biggest uh biggest comebacks yeah 41 so paul mueller's last man in Cole Sands out on a tiebreaker currently with 3 opens left. So if anyone wins an open and is not qualified or if someone double wins an open or is not qualified for uh to fish all 3 like just jackpot an open, then the next one would be Cole Sands, then Gaston, and then Scott Martin. With 504 Scott Martin missing the classic Mike Icanelli down in 47th, taking some heat for not talking on stage on the final day. Dude, you know what you get with Icanelli. He's always been that way. He's true to himself. He didn't feel like talking. He threw his season away, in his opinion, I'm sure, uh, after being in the top 10 for most of it and going 0 for 3 in the smallmouth tournaments up north. Was not a happy camper. Probably still is not a happy camper. I don't put it as a mark against Ike and Nelly. That's Ike. I love the passion. You know what you're getting. When Ike is ike he is the best it is at bringing people into the sport educating talking engaging with the fans and disseminating information and he's just as effective at melting down on stage in a boat and i love every bit about it because he's passionate and he stays true to who he is so Cliff Perch, probably the biggest surprise. He was way in it. He came in with four for five pounds on day one. There had to be there has to be some more story. I'll, I'll call Cliff eventually. He's probably taking it out on an elk somewhere in uh in Arizona right now. But perennial classic qualifiers who are also not in Brandon Lester, Gerald Swindle, John Cruz, Steve Kennedy, Seth Fyder. We just talked today. Chris Saldane, Keith Combs, Matt Heron. Mark Menendez, and then you get down to the list of guys and I do not know. And Bass has not put it out when it comes to who is, uh, when it comes to who is in, yeah, 42. That's a great point because, uh, Patrick Walters double qualified because he won an automatic invite and he qualified earlier. So Cole Sands is in. So that means I believe David Gasson is first out at 43. Yep. By one point. So there's a chance he could see Scott Martin and he's got to have two of the last three uh, double qualify. But when it gets down to guys who are re-qualifying for the Elite Series, this is a convoluted process, folks, because you have uh, you have rookies who get two years. So if you're in the bottom below 70th, you get two years regardless if you're a rookie. And you also have some medical exemptions that are in there. Then you also have, uh, I think if you've been on the Elite Series for like five years, they take your average and you drop some years. There's all sorts. You have uh, legends who are in there. You have all sorts of factors that are in play when it comes down to it. So there are some that we know are out. There are some legends that have potentially exhausted all of their legends points. You get a legends point for each classic and each angler of the year that you have. Uh, So if you only have one or two of those and finish below 70th, then... You can't fish it the next year, but, uh, oh, I said, we know that there's a couple guys that will not be because, you know, below 70th, you have to rely on averages and things like that about 70th or above. You're hundred percent safe. I've been texting with Daryl Gleason. I'll get him on the show sometime because, uh, he's, he's in an interesting position, man. He, he didn't have a bad year. He had a good year. He worked on it, but that was the two and you're done. Um, and I don't even want to hypothesize it. Who else is in is in that same boat as Gleason. So yeah, there's also some guys. That's a great point. Chuck, Uh, he said, how about Maddie Wong? There's also some guys who were out who fished their way back in uh, with amazing performances. Maddie Wong being one of them. uh, He jumps all the way up to 67th, another year uh, for the guy from Hawaii. And I really like him. He's such a positive dude. So, all right, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Still working on the rest of the week. Uh, We'll see what we can come up with. I know we got day four with Frank Scalish on Thursday. I've got a couple uh, irons in the fire, but great show today. A lot of live viewers talking out after it. And I'm sure we have not talked the last about uh, about the St. Lawrence River. Hey, if you want more if you want more content, head over to Facts of Fishing. We have a whole new uh, batch of the Cull episodes that just dropped every monday morning drop that so go over and listen to me and dave mercer argue about stuff all right that's all we got for today thanks for tuning in we'll see you tomorrow same place same time later